Utah's most listened to sports radio afternoon show. This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Sponsored by Mountain America Credit Union. Guiding members forward for over 80 years. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Is everybody ready? Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Uh, Gordon, we got an update. Austin wanted to know if he could put it in his will that uh, if he unfortunately passes, you get all of his debt. Uh, Robert weighs in. He said, when a person passes, their debts are paired, and then what is left goes toward the heirs. So uh, so heirs have to pay for their family member's debt? Well, what does it mean when debts are paired? I don't know what that means. How does he spell paired? P-A-I-R-E-D. I have no clue. Hmm. Me neither. So if if thanks for the half info, Robert. If Gordon were in fact your heir, though Austin, it does sound like he would in fact get your debts. That is that's not cool. You mean heir? What is heir? Anybody who's designated in the will to take your stuff isn't that an heir? Yeah, that's actually really exciting. D- does he have to accept? That's another thing. When I put someone in my will, do they have to know about it beforehand? I don't think so. <laughs> no, this isn't. I'm getting work. 19 credit no, cards tomorrow. No, this this can't this can't be true. There, there's no way you can dump. Hawaii, that here I come. Got <laughs> <laughs> a good credit card, and you're set. And then the the only thing is, you just can't outlive Gordon. Fine. <laughs> I think that at some point that becomes in my control. I, I don't I don't think this is this is legitimate. Otherwise, you'd have people doing this all the time. Austin's about to build a second house. I'm, I'm actually <laughs> like we're joking, but really, a tractor backed into my ah. Oh, so what? Buy the tractor. Build another one. <laughs> oh man. So I don't know. Maybe maybe there's a, a an estate lawyer out there that can clear it up for us. I'd uh, never wear the same pair of socks twice. <laughs> Austin just goes on a spending spree. <laughs> all the debt's going to Gordon anyway. It's all good. Uh, all right. There's well, a five thousand dollar tip here. We're still hoping. Uh, oh, okay. He said paid, not paired, oh, is what he ah. meant. So he said uh, when the person passes, their debts are paid. And then what is left goes to the heirs. Who so, pays them? But what, that's what I'm saying. What well, the debts equal more than the estate, right? So I can't, I cannot leave debt to somebody. But that what that what he's saying is whatever you're in the hole, whatever you've saved, it goes to that. And then if there's more left over, do your heirs just, get that. Do they just? That's what I'm saying. So say Austin owed a million dollars, and I have zero, and he and has twenty five dollars. Uh huh. And passes. So I get it that 25 goes to the debt, but where does the rest of the debt go? On to the next generation. That's what I'm so saying. I, or do I, they just write it off? Am I to understand this properly? So if, 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 if let's say Austin has a million dollar home, right? And, but he owes a million dollars somewhere else, then would they be able to take his home? Mm hmm. Right. That you have to, the, the home goes to the debt. But what if, yeah, what if he uh, he had a million dollars in debt and no home? Uh, or yeah. what if he then, still owed a million dollars on that then, home? Then it sounds like it's it's passed it's, along it's, to you. It, no, it's paid off. Isn't that what it said? It said it was paid. And then what is left goes to the heirs. 
What you? Well, what do you mean? What's left? I mean, that's what I'm saying. If you owe, if Austin dies owing a million dollars and he only has ten dollars to his name, then the rest of that debt goes to the heirs. It can't. I think so. No way. They're not just writing that off. Somebody's got to pay it, and that somebody might as well be you. <laughs> That'd be too many people that could get even with their family members that way. Huh. <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think that's correct. What what's that uh what's that song, uh, The Temptations? What Papa was a Rolling Stone. Wherever he hung his hat was his home, and when he died, all he left us was alone. Isn't that what it is? <laughs> oh man. All right, uh, let's talk a little uh, Utah Jazz basketball, shall we, Gordon? Let's get out of the Sprint special guest line. Lease any phone and get an iPad or Samsung Tab A for ninety nine ninety nine. Visit the Sprint store nearest you. Joining us now, of course, the voice of the Utah Jazz, and he's brought to you by our friends at Kangarf West Valley Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram for great deals and even better experiences. He, of course, is our good friend David Locke. Hi, David. Hello, guys. How are you? Uh, we're good. We're just we're just trying to figure out if you can pass <laughs> debt down to your heirs after you die. Any ideas? Debt down to your heirs? Um, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, so if Austin, let's say Austin, someone's going to collect it, yeah. right? So, well, so if, yeah, I think I think so. Like, I think if you're so you have no inheritance at all and you just have bills, I would guess your next in kin is responsible. So it, this this is how this came up, David. So let's say Austin owes a million dollars, you know, uh, across town, and he puts Gordon in as his heir. If Austin were to pass, would he pass that million dollar debt to Gordon? <laughs> and that's pretty spiteful from beyond the grave, no? Oh, that's so, no. I think then uh, I think Gordon would be able to free himself in the court of law by saying he wasn't related to him and he was unaware of this relationship. But if okay. I were related to him, then I'd be screwed, right? I think you could get screwed on that one. I'm glad I'm not related, as far as you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, David. Hey, I heard you with Hanson Scotty yesterday, and uh, you were talking about this uh, this game last you night. You when I picked when I picked the Brooklyn Nets to win last night. I heard that. Yes, I did. But I I understand. I understood certainly where you were coming from, and through that kind of prism, how impressive was the win last night to you? Uh, maybe as impressive as any all all year. I mean, that was just a complete domination, every element of excellence that this team has really playing. I re, we, Ron Boone and I rewatched the game on the plane today. Um, really playing hard. Jordan Clarkson diving to the ground. Perfect rotations right out of the chute. Um, very well executed game plan. I mean, just an engaged group. And then that allowed a lot of talent to part to kick in. So, you know, whether it's Boyan's first quarter or Ingles' just overall remarkable night or Donovan's close or Rudy's um, offense with Ingles in the pick and roll, which was incredible last night. I think they averaged about 1.6 points per pick and roll, or whether it was Rudy's final four minutes of defense in the second quarter, which was as dominating as any player's been for a four or five minute stretch in the NBL season. Now, David, a mutual friend of ours sent me a copy of your call uh, over that stretch with Rudy. Now, wait a sec. Yeah. Why would she do that? I don't know. but I don't send that to her for anything other than her to get that. 
So why would she do because me like that? She thought it was so funny and, and, and entertaining. And I listened to it and it put a smile on my face, too. Hide the children. Rudy Gobert is a monster. I mean, he on the basketball court, he is, David. I mean, what he's doing, he's would you say he's one of the five most dominant players in the league right now? So, I mean, I've always had this discussion of, like, where does Rudy fit? I think I was the first one to ever say I thought he was a top ten player in the NBA, and I've been generally panned across all of media circles for this, um, which was an eye-opening moment I would share with you, uh, Gordon, as a longtime veteran and, of course, the Utah Sports Writer of the Year award winner. Um, what I thought was really interesting when I went out on a limb and called Rudy a top ten player and, like, all the powerhouses made fun of me, I, made me realize that if I was a young broadcaster, I would never make such a comment, but because I have an established job and I don't really care what people think of me, <laughs> then I can make that comment and they can make fun of me and I'm just fine with it. But it's an interesting how this new culture of Twitter and Instagram and the echo chamber, I think, is really creating, you know, groupthink because anyone who goes outside of groupthink just gets killed, right? Um, so anyway, just a side note on that. But, I mean, I've always kind of talked about Rudy as a top 10 player in the NBA because my contention is that if you have Rudy Gobert on your team, you're immediately in the top probably five defensively. Now, we're not there right now, but we're seventh. So we'll probably get there. Um, and there are just not very many players in the league who the minute you put them on your roster, you go into the top five. And the impact of good defense is the same as good offense in the NBA. And so if you want to see like what relates to wins – it's being in the top five in one of those two categories. We're on the verge of being top ten in both, and he's certainly important on that. And his offensive prowess is showing more and more without the the fact that he now has a spread floor where he can roll to the basket. And you watch that Brooklyn game, and teams just don't know what to do. When Rudy's rolling to the rim, they've got to take away the lob, but it's Boyan or Joe Ingles or Donovan Mitchell coming at you or Jordan Clarkson, and if you don't bring a guy from the weak side to help, you're in trouble. And Sarah Kuskoff of the Nets broadcast team, like five plays into the game, they come back for their first replay, and she says, this is going to be a tough night defensively. It was a side picker roll with Donovan and Rudy, and she then put on top of Boyan, 43%, on top of Ingles, 43%, on top of Royce O'Neal, 45%. And she was like, I don't know what you do. And on that play, Donovan hit Boyan for a wide-open three. Um, so, you know, Rudy's roll to the basket means that somebody's got to come help out. A third person has to get in the pick-and-roll, or else the time they didn't, Jordan Clarkson just threw a perfect little lob, and Rudy dunked it. And that's the first play of the game, Rudy dunked. So... You know, the Jazz have got the number one offense in the NBA now for the last, well, it's really 10 games, but because they've been so dominant over the last 10, you can stretch it out to 15 or 16 now. And the, the, the Rudy's as much of the reason as anyone else. So his impact both offensively and defensively is is just amazing. All right, David, I'm going to try not to get too windy while asking this, but I, I, I want to get your thoughts. So uh, last night, 
the the Nets have to hide Kyrie Irving on defense, right? Obviously, and they decided to hide him on Royce O'Neal, and we're all wondering what how it's going to go when when Mike Conley uh, gets back. And I had this thought last night. Joe Ingles, I liked the concept of him coming off the bench, but it's quite obvious that didn't work for Joe, and he's playing so much better now. I, I anticipate him staying there when Conley gets back. But when Conley does get back with that starting five, where do you hide Kyrie Irving? Yeah, I mean that's the dream lineup we all talked about when the year started, right? You just there's no we would have we're going to be able to exploit every matchup that possibly you know comes at you. So the bigger question is where do you hide Lou Williams? Right. Um, and you know I I think in the playoffs he'll probably be all right, but in the regular season the question is where do you hide LeBron? Um, the Lakers, the Lakers defense is so good. Um, and the reason is because if Kyle Kuzma's not on the floor, every single player on their floor, team is good defensively, and then Kyle's really long. Um, so, you know, where do you hide any of Houston's multiple guys? So, I, you know, I think where do you hide Jamal Murray? I think you're absolutely right. I mean, the Jazz are going to be able to exploit um, in the playoffs whoever they might be. How you, you know, we better be able to rebound out of that. Like, I'm, you know, Royce is really, really important to this team, and what he brings on the floor is super important. Uh, to this group. So I think that's, you know, it's going to be a difficult little dance on which of those six guys you close with and and how you do things. I, I find it, you know, I don't, I, I think it'll be a night by night basis and these guys are going to have to handle that because I think you're closing with Boyan and you're closing with Rudy and you're closing with Donovan every night and, and you're probably closing with Joe just about every night, but not every night. I mean, there could be a night where Joe's not quite right and then maybe Royce and Mike close or Mike and Joe close. I don't know, but it's, it's going to be a little tricky just because, you know, you look back at that Clipper game, you know, we lost because we didn't rebound on the defensive end, and that's what Royce has really begun to do for this team. Speaking of Joe, David, is this the best you've ever seen him play? Oh, yeah. Way, yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, and because it's an evolution of, like, teams had taken him away and it made him play to his right hand, and he just wouldn't go. Like, he just couldn't, wouldn't do it or couldn't do it. And now they're, you know, now he's evolved from there to be able to now make plays when he's being forced to his right hand. And frank, frankly, at this point, you know, what he's, what's happened is if you think about this, when someone forces Joe to his right hand, actually how the rest of the defense is going to react becomes clear to Joe. So it's almost like he recognizes the blitz and then he knows what to do, right? Cause the defense is, you know, now he's he's been given the first read by the defense when they blatantly force him to one side. Speaking of Joe, David, I listened to his podcast with uh, with Zach Lowe the other day, and he brought up something that, that I really had never considered. He talked about when he first got into the NBA how long the three-point shot felt to him, and then he said he felt similarly at the beginning of this year after playing uh, internationally all summer that the three-point line felt really long to him, and he actually said next year when playing internationally he's going to make a conscious effort not to shoot from the line. I thought that was fascinating insight, actually, from him on something I'd never really thought about. Yeah, I, I'm beginning to think that as good as I think the FIBA competition is, and I think it's important for the players to play FIBA, um, and I think it makes them better, I'm not sure it has them ready for the season. And I think the games are shorter. You're not practicing much. I don't think you're quite in as good a shape. as Like, I don't think Rudy was quite in as good a shape as he thought he was when the year started. I watched Rudy last night in that second quarter, and 
he makes a block of Spencer Dinwiddie that's kind of awesome, but what's more awesome is that there had been no stoppage in action, and he had sprinted up and down the floor about three or four times, and then in transition got back to block Spencer Dinwiddie on a drive. Like, he's in really unbelievable condition. And so when you have that, uh, I don't think he had that when he came back because I just think you're not playing quite as much as you think you are. And then I think Joe had the issue of just the, the, the game and, the, and the, ball, the ball's different and the, and the distance is different. So I think that you're, you're – I think there's just, you know, for elite-level athletes that are very particular, I do think there's some areas where I'm not sure it prepares you for the season as perfectly. I think it's really good you play. I think it makes you a better player. But I, I don't think it prepares you perfectly. David, you and I are of like mind on the brilliance of Quinn Snyder and what a great coach he is. And his his record is stellar in developing players. And Emmanuel Moutier is the latest example of this. He he just seems to be rock solid right now, knowing what to do, when to utilize his athleticism, when to give the ball up. And his turnovers are down. Everything seems to be heading in a positive direction. Quinn deserves a lot of credit, not just for the way this team is performing, but uh, the individual performances on the team as well. Yeah, I mean, I think the first guy that deserves credit is Emmanuel Moutier. And I think you probably agree with me, but I just think that's really important, that a coach can do nothing without a willing participant. Right? Um, And so... Once you have a willing participant who understands the what um, how brilliant Quinn is and what he's trying to teach him and what he wants out of him, and that's why Emmanuel says he came um, was to have that experience, and he's getting it, and it's great to see him take advantage of it. It's really a cool story. He's just a delightful young man as well who's got an amazing life story. And um, and so I think there's just a there's a warmth to him, and I think he wants to be better, and he's taking advantage of it, and frankly, he's now making himself a lot of money. David, uh, real quick before we let you go, if I happen to uh, pass untimely, how uh, how prepared are you to absorb some uh, law school student loan debt uh, of your wife's? Yeah, yeah, that'll be a negotiation. <laughs> Th- thanks, buddy. You're the best. Thanks, okay, you, David Locke. Right here on 97.5. Are you related at all? Could you I can figure it out. I don't know. You know, everybody's related somehow. See, this doesn't make sense to me because all it would take is someone to go out and do a little genealogy and figure out who they're connected oh, to. Oh, I've already been on Ancestry.com, uh, my friend. And, then Uncle and you're Gordon. in trouble. <laughs> and dump a bunch of debt on someone? It just doesn't make sense to me. It makes sense to me. <laughs> Coming your way, buddy. All right, joining us now in studio, our good friend Andrew Reinhardt from Wasatch Medical Clinic. He's here to help our listeners with uh, with their relationships. I've got to imagine people, when people struggle with this issue, it affects, you know, Everything, right? Yeah. I mean, I- I- everything in life, right? S- certainly affects the partner, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, affects a guy's sense of self-worth, his ego, maybe has a ripple effect bigger than that. Um, erectile dysfunction can wreak havoc, that's for sure. Uh, the good news, we have a new treatment. Wasatch Medical has a new treatment for ED, and it's so popular because of what it is not. It's not a pill. That's shocking to most guys. It's not an injection. It's not messing around with your hormones, sometimes to a dangerous level. This is the root cause problem of ED. It's blood flow, blood flow. Um, I'll bet a guy listening can imagine what it was like in his younger years. You know, back in the day, 10 or 15 years ago, when things worked in the bedroom naturally, 
uh, without having to think about it. This is the only treatment that can do that as far as I know. No medication and no side effects. So the, the, the side effects from the, the pill don't sound particularly good, you know, the hangover feeling, yeah. that sort of thing. But i got to admit that the, the injection just sounds yeah. terrible. It's terrible. It just sounds awful. Yeah, it's terrible. It causes so many issues. It causes peyronies, which is curvature, and that's permanent. Um, mm. it, it has a lot of drawbacks to it. So you don't have to go down that road. Right. And if you're taking the injections, we get guys off the injections every day, literally every day. Call them 801-901-8000 and uh, Andrew's taking all the risk out of it for you. We are. We know guys are hesitant and embarrassed. Um, I, I can totally understand that. So we try to make it as easy as possible. Call us right now. We'll do this initial assessment, exam, blood flow, ultrasound. We'll show you the machine, let you kind of feel it on your skin. Um, that's with a medical doctor. We'll do it totally free if you call us now. There's no obligation. You can come in, see where you're at. And by the way, I think we'll be able to tell you why you have ED. And if there's something else in your life that has led you to get ED, we can probably tell you. And maybe you can make that adjustment before you start the treatments. But either way, uh, call us now. We'll do that whole process at no charge. I heard you brought up a story the other day that you found out somebody had a medication that was causing it. Yeah. And you just told them, hey, adjust your medic talk yeah. to your doctor, and there you go. So There yeah. are a handful of medications I can think of that cause ED. Right. And if, if you're on one of them, I think we can probably pinpoint it, and the treatments may not be a good fit for you. But you can come in and get the information. Find out why. I promise yeah. you, you'll get information you don't have, and it will be helpful, at least. 801-901-8000. Get on the schedule. 801-901-8000. Thanks, Andrew. Thanks, guys. More next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Nibbling on sponge cake Watching the sun bake all of those tubes covered with oil Strumming my six string On my front porch swing Smell those shrimp there beginning to boil Wasting And Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We have some Utah State news we'll get to here momentarily. And we'll talk about what's going on in baseball as well, Gordo. But today is Wednesday, after all. And that uh, means one thing here on the station. This is your chance to win tickets. Win. It's a win ticket Wednesday. 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 Caller number 12 right now at 855-340-ZONE. Tickets right here on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. All right, 855-340-ZONE. Be the 12th caller right now, and we're hooking you up with a pair of tickets to go see the Black Crows. The Black Crows, Chris and Rich Robinson, reunite for the 30-year anniversary celebration of their landmark quintuple uh, platinum debut album, Shake Your Moneymaker, for a 2020 world tour. See them play the album in its entirety, plus all the hits when they come to USANA Amphitheater on Tuesday, September 1st. Tickets on sale now. Purchase your tickets at LiveNation.com or simply be the 12th caller right now. Gordon, quick Utah State news. Sure. A little shake up on the old staff. 
Uh, Gary Anderson announced today hiring of Bodie Reeder as the Aggies' uh, new offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach, while current assistants Stacy Collins and Frank Miley will now serve as co-defensive coordinators. Where is uh, this new offensive coordinator from? We'll have to look it up. Uh, I know there was uh, somebody, Scotty was uh, talking about uh, uh, this hire being, it's official now, but uh, coming down the pipe a couple days ago. Um, I want to say, well, hold on, let me just look it up. Uh, Let me comment on that uh, Margaritaville song coming back. That's got to be Jimmy Buffett's biggest hit ever, doesn't it? Incorrect. I can tell you. Can you guess what his biggest no, hit ever know. is? He's only had one number one hit his entire career. By the way, is it the one Re- with, uh, what's his name? Reader comes from North Texas. Okay, hmm. I think it's that one. Yeah, it's five o'clock somewhere. That's his it's only. It's not his song. It's his only number one hit. Yeah, Alan Jackson. Uh, I love that line in Margaritaville when he says, "You know, about how there's got to be a woman to blame." Essentially, and he says, "No, it's my own damn fault." It is a good line. I like Mar- true. I like Margaritaville, but it is far from my favorite Jimmy Buffett song. But it is very well known. It's got to be his best known song, even if it wasn't his biggest seller. After you know, he named the restaurants after it. No. By the way, Source. I think I think uh, that's not a bad thing. Gary Anderson is shaking things up a little bit. Well, I, I was. I, I mean, I know they had a harder schedule, and I know they lost a bunch of players from the year before. But I, I didn't think Utah State was was quite as good as they could have been. Where'd Sanford end up going? Uh, Minnesota. Yeah, that's right. Well, that's a promotion for him. I guess. Yeah. I, I I, mean, he was handed Jordan Love and it didn't go as expected. I don't know it whose did. fault that really is, but it, it wasn't what everybody thought. There were other elements to that whole thing. That offensive line was totally new or almost. And I mean, there, there were. Offensive football is based so much on timing. I know there's physicality involved in the whole thing, but man, two guys don't do their job and things get gummed up pretty quick. All right, uh, Gordon, the Major League Baseball cheating scandal continues on. Yes, it does. I know Major League Baseball released it right before the national championship game, hoping like, well, here it is, and uh, <laughs> hopefully it'll go away. Uh, it was it's a not, big story. Yeah. It's not doing that. Mm-hmm. Alex Cora um, he and the Red Sox mutually parted ways yesterday, Gordon. Uh-huh. And uh, it comes out today um, through a statement from uh, Boston Red, Red Sox ownership. Quote, Alex, by his own admission, we agreed, played a central role in what happened in Houston. And we all agreed uh, that it was wrong. And we had a responsibility as stewards, as John has said, to have a standard here where that sort of behavior is not acceptable. Unquote. So this is the way that really went. Okay, Cora comes in, and they go, they both look at each other. They all look at each other and go, oh, crap. You know, crap. And he said, yeah, I did it. And they said, okay, how can we how can we resolve this with uh, the club looking as good as possible? Well, Alex, you're gone. Mutual. I don't think there was anything mutual about See, it. See, I have a, I have a little – that statement really bugged me because I – I agree with you, but I have a, a little bit of a different take, I guess, from the Red Sox. This is not noble on their part in the slightest. <laughs> they waited till his name came out in the Dern report before they did anything. Okay, well, and they've known about this Manfred for a while. Certainly pointed the finger straight at him. And they could have gone to bat for Cora. 
they could have said, hey, well, he can take his punishment for what he did in Houston. Nothing like that's going on here in Boston. Never has. We're they're being st- investigated, too. We're going to stand by our guy. So that's what I'm getting at. You know what this was? This was, listen, Cora, you got to hit the bricks before they look into what the kind of shenanigans you've been doing here in Boston. Yeah. Clean out your office and get out of here quick. And we're yeah. going to try and put a lid on this yep. before they poke around even more. Mm-hmm. That's where my, my mind went to. None of yeah. this, hey, you did it. We know you did it. You admit you did it. So it's it's the best for the game, the stewards of the game, for us to mutually part ways. Balderdash. <laughs> also, did you see the report that just magically came out from a, a an unnamed former Red Sox player last week ahead of all this stuff? That, yeah, the Red Sox were doing something similar, but never in the postseason. They they would never do it during the postseason. Right, because we have so much integrity. We'd never, ever do it in the Only post- the regular season. I thought that uh, when we had Dale Murphy, we talked with him, and he made a great point, and that is, why would you do this when you know that there's so much fluidity in baseball, players moving to other teams and coaches? and uh, Why would you do something like this? Because... It's going to come out. That information is going to be shared. Because players are dumb, and Co- the, the, Hinchin, in this case, the, the manager, was weak. Hinch. Or what? Hinch, excuse me. Hinchin. Yeah. That was the old sports psychologist yeah. for the Jazz. Yeah. 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 Uh-huh. Uh, Hinch. Hinch was weak. He knew about it. He even, did, if you believe some reports, he even didn't like it. He even smashed the monitor or broke the monitor twice. Because he didn't like his players doing it, but didn't have the stones to put his foot down. And that, I mean, what do you think these players who were doing it, you think they were thinking about what was going to happen next year or the year after? No, they're idiots. That's why I don't mind the manager and the GM being held responsible, because they're supposed to be the adults in the room. Do you think players should should bear any of the burden? Yes. And the fact that they're not is ludicrous. I mean, these players named in this thing should absolutely face consequences. Yes. We've been laughing about your technological difficulties today, Jake. But this is is a classic collision of high-tech being utilized to cheat, uh, along with about as primitive methodology as you can find, banging on a trash can. Mm -hmm. I mean, so it's... It's just, I mean, they're using this technology and they're banging on a trash can. It's so stupid. Uh, have you seen the, the video? Uh, it's been out for a couple yeah, months now. Have you yeah. seen that thing where the, the guy just pegs it? I mean, it's so obvious. You wonder how they were able to get away with it for, for so very long. But And, and hey, I saw C.C. Sabathia's comments where, uh, you know, he, he basically said they cheated him out of a World Series. And you can certainly make that argument. I would understand why players who played against this Astros team would be would be really bent out well, of shape. Th- this, and I wrote about this uh, in a column, that the, a real tragedy here is that that Astros team was really good. Really, really good. And so now no one will ever know the answer to that question. Were they good? Were they good enough to win the championship? Everybody knew they were a, a terrific club. And this whole idea, well, the road record was just as good, if not better, than the home record, and so, and that wasn't available to them on the road. I, if it didn't matter, then why were you doing it? Right. Oh, that that argument is ridiculous. Go look at their postseason offensive stats. I wish I had them in front of me. Maybe I, I can Google them. We can get them in the next segment. But um, it, they're ridiculous. It How about rid- this? They hit like 18 home runs at home in that postseason. How about this? Don't or maybe cheat. it was total. Just don't cheat. Yeah. It, it, Let your talent speak for itself. 
Win on your own talent. This is just ridiculous. Come on. All right, we'll have more Big Show coming up. Stay tuned, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This is Tony Parks and Austin Horton. The conversation will happen is, oh my gosh, what's going to happen when Mike Conley comes back? Mm -hmm. And I think that's nothing but a positive thing. The big picture. Maybe for a couple of games there's going to be some acclimation. But in terms of the quality of play, I don't see why Mike Conley couldn't fit into that. In my opinion, they are not the best version of the Utah Jazz until Mike Conley gets in, gets fully acclimated, and then the Jazz can be what they envisioned before the season started. Right, if we're talking championship, if we're talking to be a threat for a championship, if we're talking my goal for the Jazz which was Western Conference Finals or bust. Yeah, Mike Conley's got to play, and he's got to play well. If we're talking right now, they can continue what they're doing and still get Mike Conley acclimated and up to speed while still winning these games. Tony Parks and Austin Horton, weekdays from 10 to noon on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Wrapping up a big show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Thanks to everybody out there for making us part of your day. We greatly appreciate it. Jake, this is the last segment you're going to do before you take off on vacation, and I just want to wish you a happy time. Yeah, thanks, Gordon. Hope you have a great trip that you uh, find (laughs) after your frustrations of the day with technology. I hope you don't have to deal with any. Yeah, I've had a rough day. But uh, just go lay on the beach, and uh, what are you going to do? Lay on the beach? <laughs> and, and I hope you have the time of your life, but that it rains the whole time you're there. Thank you, Austin. That's, that's very now, nice wait a minute, coming wait a from minute, you. Wait a minute. Huh? Is that appropriate? Because you root for your friends' teams to lose all the time because you say it's not real life. Is this real life? That he just wished your vacation to be ruined by rain? have the time of your life. But he hopes it rains. Yeah, that's the standard come from Austin. I'm not offended. I have the time of your life he's, is a bad thing that, to wish. But, that, but that's real life you're dealing with. To now. have the time of his life. No, in the rain. And I hope it rains the whole time. Cannot two things be true at once? No, those two can't. Really? If he's going on a beach vacation and it rains the whole time, then what kind of vacation is that? That's a matter of choice and attitude if he has the time of his life or not at that point. That's I fine. hope he has the time of his life and it rains the whole time he's there. We, and when you're in Hawaii, I hope there's floods, but that you have the time of your life. <laughs> See, I, I have arranged shelter on my vacation, so even if it rains, I, I think <laughs> you we'll- won't, You won't get uh, soaked. I, I think we'll, we'll be okay. And you're uh, not here, and, so it's still- right. Yeah. Uh-huh. And uh, uh, hopefully I'll have a, you know some tasty food wouldn't, and wouldn't it tasty be beverage around. Uh, wouldn't it be better if the sun shined? <laughs> well, certainly, yeah. Because I, mean, right. I want to sit on the beach. That's I do. That's my point. I, I've, I'm going home today to download a couple of the new books that I want to get through. And yeah, I'm going to. And you need sunshine to read books. You don't like reading books on the beach? God, it's the best. I can't think of many things I'd rather do than read books on the beach. I, just, I hope you have the time of your life, and I hope it's inclement weather. Okay. All right. But I He's, hope not, not for Naz and me. Yeah, you hope it's just a rain cloud that <laughs> follows me around? All right. I'll. Uh, I'll see you, my friend, later. You enjoy and uh, hold down the fort for me, will you? All right, Jake. Have a great time. All right. We'll talk to everybody. PK filling in with Gordon tomorrow, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.